Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Riverdale After Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale. That's got a lot of spooky stuff going on. I'm Alex. Like, honestly, I'm freaked out in general. Like, <laughs> even doing this voice here is scaring me now. So, whoa, I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Season 6, Episode 2, Chapter 97, Ghost Stories, which takes a new tact on the classic three stories uh, mode that Riverdale has done a couple of times before. It's surprising to see it this early in the season, but we get a lot of fun and a lot of very spooky stuff. So, very briefly to recap before we get into the episode, we are in a alternate universe called Rivervale. That's probably the most important thing to know. And the last episode, everybody in town got together because they were having some big problems. The maple trees weren't blooming. The women weren't getting pregnant. And ultimately, (laughs) the only way of solving that problem was by cutting out Archie Andrews' heart in order to replenish the soil. And I grew up in a small town, so I (laughs) get it. Like, this is what you do. My yeah. garden's uh, not. My tomatoes look weird. Kill, kill the hero. <laughs> this is why people who live in the city are scared of small towns. Mm-hmm. No, I and do it in say, the big city too, but I mostly just kill people in alleys. Go ahead, Justin. Uh, <laughs> for no reason. For no reason. Uh, well, wait, you don't use the their hearts. Need a parking spot? Kill a dude. Uh, wow, that's that's country <laughs> mouse, city mouse. Line action, at the right McDonald's there. in Midtown too long. Kill a dude. <laughs> wow. First well, off, I guess. that's your mistake. That's your mistake. It's nice to just kill a dude. You're not killing women, I guess. Absolutely. Uh, it doesn't work with women. Cheryl firmly established that last episode. She, she talked that's about That's canon. It. Wow. In any case, they killed Archie, and that does replenish the soil as we get into this episode. The other thing that happened is that Betty is and was pregnant with his was. baby, his son. She Never knew it. Never happened. 
other things that are going on here. Tony and Fangs are together and raising baby Anthony. Also, Reggie and Veronica, Veronica are together. They ran into a little troubled last episode in terms of some jealousy and also the fact that they're covered in paper cuts from having sex on a bunch of money. That comes up again this episode, which I'm sure we'll it get does. Yeah, sure. it does. All, the, all the bills. Yeah, a lot of uh, justification for old Alex over here in terms of the whole sex on money is bad thing, but we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, let's remember what your solution was, was to yeah. wet the money. So <laughs> I don't also, think that's the I'm right glad answer. you're finally calling that's, yourself old Alex. Listen, that that listen, makes me very happy. Uh, that's why you bring in La Verona is to get the money all wet, all right? Bring her oh. into, you know, like, have a little, uh, you know, stuff that's going on there. I think it's pronounced la, 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 Yorona. Listen, as I've learned from this episode, you can pronounce it literally any way you want. Oh, it's fine. Oh, slam. <laughs> slam. And last but not least, Jughead and Tabitha have moved in with each other last Ooh. week. They had some problems with some bugs getting on their heads, and this week... <laughs> Some other things get into their heads. So Uh, lots of stuff to talk about here. Uh, And certainly we should continue to speculate about exactly what is going on in Rivervale. But given that we have these three stories, even though they cross over a little bit in a nice way, we get to see Betty talking to Tabitha later on in the episode. I think there's maybe that's the only uh, item of crossover here. But I think we could talk about each of them individually. So why don't we start with Reggie and Veronica first off. Yes. Over the course of this storyline, Reggie oh. is very bummed out because his dad is in the hospital. He's sick. He's on the brink of death. This is a surprising turn, particularly given that they repaired or started to repair the relationship the last time we saw them in the town of Riverdale. And here he gets cheered up when he sees his old car, Bella. Now, before we get too into it, I'm going to turn it over to our resident car expert, Pete LePage, to weigh in on Bella. Well, first off, unbelievable uh, charger there. Uh, Just I, just phenomenal. I'm glad we got to spend some time in it. I was upset it got creepy, uh, but that I guess this is part of the ghost thing. But I, you just, you know, it, it's tough because you know the car alone was worth the shots. So we uh, didn't let me need ask the you, ghost. Pete, as a man who, um, what did you think of the story of Reggie having sex with his car? As a man who also <laughs> has sex with cars, no, no, I, I don't know what's happening here. I'm not a part of any of that. But I do think that like. Uh, we did get some car love. It was creepy, but I'll take it. Car love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if we find out over the course of this episode, we do see there is a ghostly presence who appears in the car. It turns out to be Isabella Soprano uh, in yet another <laughs> prequel to the show. Very exciting yeah. for fans. When they said Soprano, yeah. I was like, really? That's the name? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we went with? But it's like being, um, what's the name of the uh, driver's ed teacher? Skywalker. Leia Skywalker. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Are That's you taking shots in Sopranos right now? Like, what are you no, guys I'm doing? Just saying, it's, a, it's a funny choice to say, use the name of a, of a major pop culture I know. Con- piece of content. Well, particularly just because there's a lot of names in this episode that are not your regular Riverdale weird names. They're just like... I, I looked it up, and maybe I missed something here, but, like, La Llorona turns out to be, what's no. her name? It's just something normal. Like, it's a normal name. It's not a weird Riverdale name. But I was like, uh, I'm not sure what's going on here. So to your point, to have Isabella Soprano definitely sticks out there in the middle yeah, of the Yeah, that's episode. what I'm saying. It's yes. like, if it's, it would, it, it just caught me off guard. It's like, huh. Oh, and then, then there was no other reference. It's not like it was like she was gunned down by in some sort of. Mob yeah, they didn't leave us or, hanging in a diner shot. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. Or she went mm-hmm. to her therapist and over the course of several seasons really did a lot of good work to make herself a, into a better um, you think, well, in fact, she's, you think it helped? The, the I guess therapy for Tony Soprano? Is that what you're yeah. talking about, Pete? Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I, I've never seen that show. So the I'm sorry. I know it's good. I just haven't seen it. I have no, too much on my plate watching Riverdale episodes three times in a row. Okay. Oh, you're always talking uh, about you full your not plate. Not flexing somebody else, all right? Yeah, it's it's real, Thanksgiving, it's Alex. Everybody has a full sure. plate. Yes. Uh, oh, man. So what we ultimately find out here, a lot of this is playing on the insecurities that Veronica and Reggie have in their relationship. But as we find out, not only did Isabella Soprano have inappropriate relationships with a bunch of kids at the school, but she was also the one person who listened to Reggie. She did not have inappropriate relations with him. She was the shoulder he could cry on and tell about the abuse that was happening with her father. Uh, And by the end of the episode... Uh, not only does Reggie's father die, but uh, Veronica gives him a new car, which is also haunted by Bella. Lots of stuff to unpack there. And I have a lot of different, very, I would say, complicated thoughts about how they roll this out. But the one thing that I will say they did really nicely with all three storylines of this episode is they used ghost stories the way they should be used metaphorically mm. to push the characters and use them in a very like haunting of Bly Matter, haunting of Hill House way to talk mm, about the ghosts that are haunting people. In this case, in this storyline, the relationship of Veronica and Reggie and how that is the specter of high school in particular is looming over Reggie. Yeah. When he's wearing the high school jacket feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was like, uh, yeah, but it would be nice if we could maybe not, you know, like sure. Ghost story. Fine. But you know, why why don't we just leave it at old teacher and not have to Mm -hmm. be like, yeah. And then sexually assaulted some minors. Like what are we doing? This is my huge issue here is I like how the, Actors played it. I thought Charles Melton in particular was phenomenal. His admission of saying, my dad died 20 minutes ago. Like, Gabby choked up when he said that. Oh, yeah. And I think he played the scenes well. Veronica, Camilla Mendez played the scenes well as well. Like, all the emotion was really there. But to your point, Pete, this is the second time the show has done a sympathetic uh, sexual assaulter with Miss yeah. Grundy for the first season. And yeah. that's not great. Like I did not Stop like that. doing that. Yes. That's not a cool storytelling mode. Yeah. It was especially weird because it was like, she, she um, sexually assaulted many students and then it, then it flipped and Reggie, that was the person that he like trusted. Yeah. And I was like, what a weird choice um, there. Uh, and I don't, I don't know why that was necessary for the larger piece here. Yeah, you really, uh, you know, took us right to the edge of the cliff for no reason. It turns out, it was just yeah. like it's. It gets into this tricky is the wrong word, but probably bad is a better word. Area where we uh, discuss things of like, oh, but I know the person and I like them. You know, yeah. they were always yeah. nice to me, and that always comes up with abusers in society at every level. And sure, they treat different people differently. If that's something the show wants to explore and potentially will explore going forward, though, I kind of doubt it because we're in a different type of horror story in the next episode. That's fine. Like, explore that, dig into that, what that means for Reggie, and make him confront the fact that this was an abuser. It doesn't matter how she was to him. But as it is, I don't think we could excuse one side of somebody's behavior for the other side of somebody's behavior. It was, I was a lot in a short amount of time and it was Mm. just like what, 
But anyways, I, I, I just felt like, what are we doing here again? And how do we keep getting here? Uh, the show, I was like, what, what, what? you know, like uh, first time, okay, a horrible, I don't know whose idea, whatever, but fine. But like, I, stop shooting yourself in the foot, please. Especially when you want to see more of that car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would just like to spend some non-creepy time with a car. Can't, can somebody appreciate a car? And, and I not did, be creepy? I did, by the way. This was the second episode directed by Gabriel Correa, who's directed a lot of episodes on the show. I love the lighting changes in the mm. car when we went into Bella's world. It just turned to red, which I assume yeah. is something they did with the lighting on set. And I just thought that was really, really nicely and subtly done. Even if Reggie was turning on the car in the garage with the door closed, which not a great yeah, idea. Nah, don't. No. Yeah, I was really worried about how dark this was going to get. Mm-hmm. We turned on the car. I was like, you're inside. Reggie, what's happening now? Like, what? Yeah. where is the show going? Maybe there was no ghost. Maybe it was just all fumes. Yeah, I think it was Reggie slowly dying. <laughs> Wow, the episode. You've gone dark. You're the, you've gone dark in this new Rivervale world. I don't like it here. It's freaking me out. Um, now, uh, what were you going to say, Justin? I was going to say, uh, what do we think about the the Veronica Reggie relationship um, that's on display these last two episodes? Because uh, she's throwing out terms like Reggiekins, which is a, mm-hmm. uh, a usually reserved for Archie kids. To be fair, yeah. though, who's she still also dead? Called... By the way, nobody gives a shit. In this no, no, whole they're album. all very affected by it. Cheryl no. and Nana. <laughs> Cheryl and Nana toast some maple brandy to a sacrifice because the maple trees are back. Uh, Betty is going to name her baby after Archie. He was missing on the carton. Like mm-hmm. we, that like, I love that baby carton boy. shot. That carton <laughs> shot was very fun. I uh, thought it was that scene where Betty was like, "I'm thinking of naming my kid Archie or Polly." I was like. Pick some new names, lady. <laughs> <laughs> Give them a chance. Shake it up. Give them a chance. They yeah, have so something all, else. They're all very affected by Archie's death, clearly, and, and really paying tribute to his sacrifice here in a very emotionally grounded and normal way. I uh, could so believe. I sacrifice is a strong word as well. <laughs> that dude was straight up murdered. <laughs> you mean a ritual sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, like showing up to a party realizing, oh, they're going to murder me sacrifice. Now, speaking of Veronica saying things, though, I don't think we can trust anything she says because she calls up Reggie and says, don't mean to be a nudge. (laughs) Yes. I was like, like, what what sort of term? And then maybe this is the term. I thought maybe my like streaming went bad for a second. Like I wasn't sure. I was like, what just happened? (laughs) Don't mean to be a nudge. (laughs) I'm a a bit of a nudge, Mm -hmm. you know, so I get it. But I just don't know what, what she means by that. Mm-hmm. The There were a couple of other things that I wanted to call out in this storyline. When Reggie and Veronica are making out of the car, All My Love by the Righteous Brothers played, which is a reference to Ghost, uh, the famous song for that movie. So that was very fun. Uh, and then uh, what was the other thing? Oh, there was another mention of Chuck Clayton. Last episode, we got to see Chuck Clayton on the magazine. This uh, week, we get to hear Veronica calling back to... The time that Chuck slut shamed her for making out in a car, which obviously is a bad thing that happened in season one. Yeah. But at the same time, do we feel like we're leading up to a Chuck Clayton reappearance here, or is it just? Let's I hope mean, not. Two refs uh, is very close to a pattern, so it feels intentional. I mean, it may be that they're sort of rebuilding the Rivervale world by mm-hmm. touching all the other points, and I feel like they've done that a little bit so far. Um, but I agree, it is weird to have it have it twice. In classic Candyman rules, the more times you say the name of something, mm-hmm. the more times uh, the more likely it is to appear. Yeah. 
absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that'll be interesting to see him back. Uh, why don't we, I'm sure there's other things that we can call out here, but for the moment, why don't we move on to Jughead and Tabitha's storyline, oh, which is a very interesting one old, as well. I thought I really, cause I was like, okay, we're doing this uh, stupid, you know, Rivervale thing. Like uh, Archie dies in the first one. Jack, Jughead's got to die in the second one, right? And like so close, like so close. He got uh, mm-hmm. really playing with our emotions on that. Well, it is interesting that you bring it up because I feel like a lot of people speculated that this whole Rivervale thing has to do with Cheryl's curse on the town that she dropped in the season five finale. We know that back in the day, Abigail Blossom was burned at the stake by the ancestors of Archie Jughead and uh, Betty. And there was that very fun moment where they're all sitting at the table and Veronica's like, so I'm not part of this, right? And excused herself from there. So yeah, there was, there was a little part of me that thought, okay, Archie dies, then Jughead dies, then Betty dies. This all has to do with the curse. But given the different "Quote unquote death that we see towards the end of the episode. Oh. It's it seems like they're going in a different direction potentially, but they definitely tease out that Jughead might die this episode. It, yes, uh, it does feel like it. I love the that you reference um, Hill House um, as it, that definitely. When you said that, I was like, oh, that's sort of what this is and the inspiration. It's like like I was saying last uh, episode. It's taking the characters and the relationships and just heightening them out into like a ghost world where the stakes are higher. People can die. And that I think that's fun. Um, so I, I don't think we're going to stick to a particular pattern, but I will say there are three more episodes, mm-hmm. which could lead us down that path that you're laying out. So this thing with Jughead and Tabitha, just to briefly talk through it, and then we can jump back and talk about some of the moments. They are still figuring out how to live together in their new apartment. Jughead is just kind of sitting around all day and bumming around and going oh, through his uh, writing come on, process. Hang up. Hang up the paintings, Jughead. She asked come him on. to hang That's up the paintings. Come That's on, Jughead. You got to care, yeah. Jughead. You got to put in the work. Secret room in the apartment, which he turns into a writing nook. Meanwhile, Tabitha, by the end of the episode, it turns out, is being possessed by the ghost of Sam and Diane. Oh, nice shout okay. out. Speaking of references, mm-hmm. huh? Sopranos, Cheers, hitting them, hitting them all. All the spookiest the shows. spookiest shows on television. <laughs> yeah. Norm still haunts oh, this bar. Norm. Yeah. Well, nothing is Norm in the town of Ooh, Rivervale. Boy. And Jughead and Tabitha. Whose dad just got here? Uh, sorry, guys, we stopped down for 45 minutes for Alex to write that joke, and then that <laughs> started back up, and he uh, said it. So, like, just did so you work? know, this is Did you guys like it? Was it funny? Was it funny to you guys? Okay, thanks. Oh, great. I'm so glad to hear that. That's how the process works. And we should edit that last part out that you just said, Yeah, I'll definitely get to that. So, Tabitha is almost actually kills Jughead, breaks his typewriter, but ultimately get to this place where they tell each other they love each other by the end of the episode. And there's a lot of interesting fast forward through all the if this is, guy. remember what I said, I was going to recap it. And All right, jump back and talk Christ. about moments. So, how many recaps do you do in an episode? Uh, several for this one because okay. we have all these mini stories. I know, so, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. So uh, we ultimately get uh, this resolution here where Jughead talks about it's their first real fight. Maybe love is just a series of tests. And <laughs> I do think, once again, getting back to this idea of metaphorical ghosts, what we're really getting here very clearly in these first two episodes is the specter of the Bughead relationship over the Jabatha relationship, where the first one, as Pete, I believe you pointed out last episode, literal bugs infesting the place, and that's the thing that's bothering them. They're also like, 
So that's infesting the apartment. This episode, they get an old couple who was very obsessed with murder and suicide and death. Ultimately, we find out and there's this great moment where Jughead says, oh, I don't let anybody read my vomit drafts. Oh, as uh, soon as he said that, I was like, well, oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> this is going to oh, be a problem. Uh, and then Betty ultimately says, oh, he always let me read his vomit drafts. He always thought that was, you know, he wanted me to his read most raw. raw. Yeah. And this is the thing that is haunting. This is the, again, the specter that is looming over this relationship. And I really like that they're dealing with this. Pete. Okay. Jesus Christ. Stop taking all the good stuff after you do the whole recap. So also taking like the good stuff. The, I want to talk about the fucking <laughs> Betty good stuff. Stop haunting this relationship. Not you, asshole. Uh, listen, the moment when she throws the typewriter and he's like, Oh, Betty got me that. <laughs> it was like so such a like he looked like a puppy dog who just lost its toy. Like it was it's so sad and like heartbroken. It was such a fun little moment. But then, yes, also the reveal. And it made sense. Like, like, you know, when we have I just just like we went through the emotional roller coaster of your dad joke, like there's <laughs> versions of it that maybe we don't want to show the world. And then there's something that's polished and ready to be put out there, you know, so Wait, it's like so you're on like, Jughead's side here. When you write something, maybe it's not ready to read yet. You know what I mean? Like, let me look at it again. You know, there's misspellings, there's stuff that, you know, maybe you're not too proud of. But like it made sense. Uh, I think for the different kind of relationships and the different kind of people. And I agree with you, Pete, because I considered Bughead to be the sort of vomit draft of relationships on this show. <laughs> and the fact that we're getting the, um, oh. the, the tab Ouch. head relationship um, oh. is, is it sort of a second draft, a more refined draft Ooh. and other relationships perhaps in the show are more refined versions of the initial relationships. No sweat <laughs> on that. So I'm glad we are in agreement. <laughs> Um, but, but I do think this whole I love this Walked story right because that. you did and I, I saw the trap I was like, you were just this. like this is a little breadcrumb right here yeah, but put, it was a more, I didn't, put a mountain dew on a bear trap and you walked right into it. <laughs> well, but it was more like I didn't even lay the trap. I was like, look, this bear's just standing in this bear trap. Anybody else see this? Uh, but I do think I really love this story because it was sort of a metaphor for that first big relationship you have in your life where it is the vomit draft. And yes, you, do, you reveal. No, I mean it. You reveal more in that first relationship because you don't know what you're doing. And that doesn't mean it's better. When you grow up, you get better at relationships and you refine how you deal with them. And I, I thought this is a good metaphor. Also, that typewriter's trash. He's writing his oh, novel on trash. On. Get a get a laptop, dog. Is what Dude, I thought. Tab with that. Some sometimes it helps to get like old school with it. Don't. That's not, yeah, 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 yeah. not true. Pete, don't uh, don't bite into what Justin's saying. He just got hired by Dell, and every time he says "get a laptop, dog," he gets paid five dollars. <laughs> wow, that's what that, that's actually printed on the on the Dell now. Yeah. Just says "get a laptop, dog." Uh, I but, two things that I wanted to mention about this, just bouncing very sideways from you guys. The first thing, so. <laughs> 
this is this is straight not straight up actually this is a shining riff this is a riff on the shining but i like how they did it like they in classic riverdale fashion they remixed everything and moved it around so you don't exactly get jughead being jack nicholson you don't exactly get tabitha being shelly duvall but there's definitely notes there and things that they're referencing um to the point that you know it's not jughead going crazy it's tabitha going crazy and i thought that was an interesting riff it was different than what what i expected the other thing that I'd be curious to get your guys' read on, and I know we've kind of bumped on this a little bit, the way Cole Sprouse was playing Jughead in this episode seemed like he was being legit and honest and not haunted the entire time, which was yeah. also very fascinating to me. Like, it was Tabitha was the one who was possessed by the ghost. Tabitha was the one who was worried about this past relationship, and Jughead is just going forward. Uh, did you guys get the same impression? Yeah, and I think we were always with her POV when when Jughead was like when the, the sort of the weird things were happening, um, and I thought that was great. It, Jughead was being his classic self, like I finally cracked it—a story about exactly what's happening in my life. I just wrote it down. <laughs> I just wrote again. I did the thing uh, that I did last I spent time, but literally hundreds of dollars on scotch <laughs> for this process that I'm yeah. gonna dump out. But I could have just gotten empty bottles or literally any yeah. bottles. Go to a fucking bar and just be like, hey, those bottles you're throwing out. Can I uh, grab well, a couple of those? That's what he did initially. But I guess he used all the white worm because he was cranking out like two to three ships <laughs> in a bottle a day. Here. Those are so easy to make. It's like making toast. <laughs> that is not true at all. Yeah. yeah. You got to use very tweezers. Yeah. Because you're a ship in a bottle guy, right? <laughs> you clearly you, was not you have lying. the patience. You have the patience and temperament for ships in a bottle, right, Pete? Yeah, definitely. Also, frankly, not a great mode. And I know Tabitha points this out, but not a great idea for a recovering alcoholic to be like, "Yeah, I'm just going to buy like 20 bottles of scotch." What's the yeah, idea? and then I'm going to dump it out. Yeah, that'll yeah. that'll go fine. I swear, I'm not drinking again. I look pasty and drunk, but I'm not drinking <laughs> yeah. again. Whoa. Well, that's uh, to be fair that it is very that is very fun to take up a hobby that literally involves buying alcohol <laughs> as the main portion of it. Uh, yeah, recovering heroin addict being like, yeah, I just got these needles everywhere. I'm a, a needle sculptor, really. Needles. Uh, hmm. When Tabitha came home and he was still on the couch and. It looks like he hadn't moved all day. Like, I was like, no, this relationship's over. Burn it down. Like, you can't. I I agree with you, Pete. But I think the way, the the place that their relationship landed, um, and again, going back to what I think this story was a metaphor for, that time in your relationship where you're like, all these things are bothering me. Is this relationship happening or is it not? The stakes are high for them. They just moved in together. And we get to see that all ramp up. And then she's, uh, it breaks. He says, uh, she says, I love you. He says the only possible answer you can. I've been wait, wanting to say that say? too. I've been wanting to say that. He was like, "Wait, what did you say?" Me too. Me too. Uh, I want to say. It. I, you know, I, I say now it. that we're talking about it, I've been thinking about it. So yeah, I say that too now. And, and that sort of breaks the storm. And I think their relationship is in is maybe the strongest relationship on the show now. All right. Well, uh, shut the fuck up with that. I'm, I'm not. That's not a, a dig no, no, into no, no, your no. bughead he uh, obsession. Was clearly saying like. Oh, yeah, 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 me too, to kind of make up for the fact that this relationship shouldn't continue. She believed it. She believed it that what he said, even though he was kind of like trying to throw a Band-Aid in a dam to stop all the water. It was like, (laughs) uh, no, 
Uh, this is a horrible <laughs> idea. We shouldn't continue. Oh, wait, I love you. All of a sudden, there's no water. Like, oh, okay, everything's fine. No, yeah, yeah. It's, again, I, love I you. think Jughead is being pretty straight up here most of this episode. Yeah. But that said, to the point that you're making, Pete, I do think there are some underlying things that point to potential fractures in the future. One of them, the way that he delivers, how could you? This was a gift from Betty. He's, he hasn't let go, go of that relationship. Like, there are still things that he needs to deal with there. And also, I don't know, I assume they were going for this, but the fact, I did, and I know we were joking about it, but the fact that he literally is trying to preserve ships in bottles points to the fact that he's like, I still have these things going on in the I background. still ship Betty. Yeah. 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 I still ship Bottle. The famous relationship. Bottlehead. <laughs> Bottlehead. Oh, Bottlehead. I love that. Well, let's remember, Alex said, last episode, Bugs. This episode, he was going to get hit in the head with a hammer. It's all right there, guys. Mm. Also, Betty's still a character, and they talk about their relationship. <laughs> <laughs> That's another clue. That's another big clue. All right. I'm sure there's other things to talk about, but why don't we jump into the final storyline, because it's definitely a big one, as Tony... First off, we get this huge this is yeah. ghoulies versus serpents fight that is wild. Yes. It is wild. Jets and versus she, sharks, like breakdance fighting style. It was great. Good, good, just from a production standpoint, fun yeah. fight sequence. Yes. Uh, to kick off the episode. Then we reveal that Tony killed a kid with okay, a right, knife. Yeah, right, that so she, let's like, back up. Let's back up the truck a little bit. You she don't lasted throw, the Mohicans. Yeah, she you lasted don't the throw a switchblade. That doesn't make any sense. Like, come on. That's like a plane with one wing. You're not going to get like that. That was an, uh, a crazy thing. Uh, but anyway, like, yeah, oh, I went to Maine, but accidentally murdered a kid. And like, first off, I really love the ghost, like how creepy and like, I think the love effects the on that. Yeah, it was really well done. Uh, no, I nailed it. I just nailed it. Yeah, you yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. La, 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 la. The whole episode, you've been <laughs> nailing it. I'm really, I, I think you should keep doing this. This is a great idea. Well, before we get to the ghost, let me just say, the fact that it cuts from this flashback of her killing that guy, and then Tony, who's the guidance counselor in the town, talking yeah. to her therapist about like, yeah, I killed him. I don't know what to do. And she's like, yeah, I know. Accidents happen. I was like, what is this? I wrote in my notes even before the later Soprano reveal. Tony Soprano didn't even say that shit to his therapist. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, you would like, have to is... call the cops at that point legally, I think, or something. Well, that like. said, that said, yes, it's, you know, nonsense and it's fine. But I did love the fact that we went from the serpents being made fun of last season for having babies and driving trucks and everything to be like, no, no, we get in gag fights, like straight yeah. up hundreds of us. People <laughs> die. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. But it, I will say on that point, Alex, later in the episode, they get absolutely wrecked by a water ghost. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're a little soft. They're a little yeah, soft. They do get very general. wet. They get very yeah, wet. They, <laughs> They just are all laying there on top of each other. What was that? And again, I, as you say, Alex, the best way to have sex on a bed of people is to <laughs> wet them. <laughs> so I'm sure when you saw that scene, you were like, someone's uh, about to have sex on those serpents. Yeah, I was like, wet money. And I tried to do the dollar bills thing with my hand. and But you can't stuck. do that with wet money. It gets stuck yeah. to your hand. Oh, yeah. how uh, you're, I found your album in the dollar bin you're, when you were went by Wet Money when you yeah. were a hip hop artist. I, yeah, I, it's I still in the dollar bin because you have to pay for it with Wet Dollar Bill, and nobody <laughs> takes that. Nobody buys it. Well, you released it as a one dollar <laughs> bin album, right? Yes. <laughs> Start yep. small, build up. 
gotta gotta get the word out there. Gotta get yep. the word out there. So yeah, anyway, money. yes, there is this huge fight with the ghoulies and the uh, uh, serpents. Ultimately, Darla Dickinson's son gets killed. That's what kicks off this whole thing. We find out later that Darla has summoned La Llorona from the Sweetwater River. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love it. I love it. It takes me, takes me back to uh, early 14th century Spain when I hear you do that. Yes. <laughs> And I thought you were going to say fourth grade Spanish or something. <laughs> after the, how about I'll say the ghost? After the ghost goes after Juniper, goes after Betty oh. taking her baby, so yep. she is no longer pregnant. Real bummer there. That uh, was kind of crazy. So when Betty just looked down in her stomach, and there was no bump there. It was just like wow. Yep. Yeah. I couldn't believe that moment. That was sad and uh, much more Insane. serious than I thought it would be. Yep. Yep. And then we ultimately find out that it is Tony's baby, baby Anthony, that the ghost is coming for. They hold a seance with Cheryl to try to contact it. Nana Rose spits out a lot of water there. Amazing use of Nana Rose in this episode. I mean, come on. That was just worth the price of a mission alone right there. How much did you pay for this, by the way? 50 bucks? Yeah. Alex, I'm, ch- I'm charging him to watch this. <laughs> he doesn't know it's Guys. just on TV. <laughs> I charge him I, I Broadway just, prices. Yeah, he enacts the whole thing for me, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a one-man show. And ultimately, Perfect. by the end of the episode, and then, Pete, just so you know how this works, we'll jump back and talk about specific moments. Uh, at the end of the episode, <laughs> Tony takes over for La and becomes the new La Girona <laughs> <laughs> and oh disappears God. into the Sweetwater River. So once again, Rivervale has claimed another victim. Um, but what would you guys think about this? I thought my big takeaway here, this was legit scary, like yes. filmed perfectly like a horror movie. It was when way that, too scary. When that ghost first came out of the swamp, I was like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> I was like, and it was a hard cut from a scene of it was like, here's some normal stuff happening. And then it was just like, rising yeah. monster. I could not believe it. It was very scary across the, the board. The whole time. And the pace of Riverdale, and this is a huge, I think, a credit to this show. The pace of Riverdale has only increased in Rivervale. They're jumping between these stories very quickly, and they're still able to maintain the different horror flavors, like you were talking about with the red in the car. That's very different. That's sort of like 80 Stephen King movie vibes to this, which is much more like modern, the ring-style horror. The fact that they're able to jump between those stories and maintain the thing, and it's legit scary to me, a jaded human man, (laughs) that's amazing. (laughs) You all right, Really? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Are you sure? Really well filmed. I There were so many great sequences here that were, again, very scary. I don't know the actress who played the ghost, but she clearly wow. did a good job. But the, the one that I thought was so good and what I liked so much in the sequence, I, I loved the school sequence when Tony is sitting there at her desk, sees some water dripping, realizes yeah. what's happened, goes out in the hall, and turns into badass Mama Tony and immediately – Springs into action. Like, I could watch a whole horror movie about that. Well, I that, that was, was hysterical. Action. I was like, Tony, what are you going to do? You got an axe and you're going up against a ghost. Like, I love how badass you are, but I don't know if you. 
Well, though we find out later, we didn't touch on this in the Jabatha storyline, but Tabitha finds out from Pop that there was a ghost at Pops who died in the deep fryer. <laughs> Yo, that, again, when, as soon as Pop showed up, I was like, oh, he's going to say something horrifying. <laughs> he's Uh-oh. like, of course I believe in ghosts. This place is haunted by all the hamburgers that have been eating me here. <laughs> so, he should have immediately said, like, after that story, by the way, we got a new deep fryer. You know what I mean? Like there was oh, that, just like, a, that you were worried about that. That maybe yeah, they were like able I was, to make French fries. Yeah, or like the fact of like, are you still using that same fryer? Like, what's yeah. going on? Or like, Kevin's was, in the background somewhere being like, I think I got a nose in this pile of fries. <laughs> Ghost fries. Pop, like I love it. I love yeah. the nose you've been <laughs> adding to the noses. fries. This gives me a good plot line in this episode. Uh, sorry, oh, Kevin's not doing anything. It's a I real know, bummer. For I miss it. <laughs> I miss him. <laughs> Yes, he was there. I've been thinking about your theory you said last episode, Alex. If this is all Kevin's dream or Kevin's thing, because he is oddly there, almost haunting this show, Mm -hmm. but he's not doing anything. No, he's not doing anything, which to your point that you made last episode, Justin, he often doesn't do anything. But should I I leave one of our theories? One of our theories is correct. Compliment each other all the time. (laughs) And Uh, and Pete, you like cars. The animated movie, but can you rank them real quick? Uh, Cars one, two, and three. Like, where? How do they rank for you? Oh my god, it's all right there. They're already ranked. <laughs> one, two, and three. Wow, the best answer you could have said. No. They came ranked. <laughs> But what were we saying? Oh, my point was that Tabitha finds out that ghosts are scared away by noise. That's information that's given to her, which doesn't actually interestingly pan out in the Jughead Tabitha storyline, but does pan out for Tony uh, as we get to see her turn on the fire alarm, bring out that axe, which, yes, I don't think she thinks she's going to chop up a ghost, but her shouting and creating all that noise is the thing that scares off the ghost from the school. Um, So I, I like that. I like the end of that sequence. I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree. And it was like a good sort of ghost thriller action moment uh, for her. The way it was shot, the way it played, I thought was really cool. Uh, what about the rest of this, though? Pete, were there any moments in the Tony storyline in particular that jumped out to you? I mean, I'll mention we talked about the seance. Like you said, Barbara Wallace, who plays Nata Rose, is great, just barfing water I mean, all over the place. That was just. And then the whole moment where Cheryl's like, give her her name. And they're like, Cheryl, she's going to die. And Cheryl does not care. She's, uh, uh, you know, doesn't mind torching Grandma Rose. I loved what Madeline Patch was doing in this scene because Cheryl loves this. She is reveling in the oh, seance yeah. Yeah. and calling down ghosts and everything, which very similar to the last episode where we're getting the impression that the Rivervale is her comfort zone. Also, yes. the fact and I think that she's going to ha- have to pay a price for that eventually. Also, the fact that, uh, you know, Tony was like, OK, shit's gone down. I got to go to Cheryl. You know what I mean? Like, did you did you view this, Pete? Did you view this as a shoddy scene, or is it just Tony going and getting help from Cheryl, another resident of the town? Well, uh, first off, go fuck yourself for what you're trying to say. I'm not trying to say anything. I'm legitimately asking you a question as my friend who does a podcast. Yeah. Anyways, I I did. uh, You know, there wasn't a lot of chemistry or back and forth. But uh, it was nice that uh, Tony was like, "Okay, well, this is crazy town and we know who is the mayor. So let's go see her. (laughs) Um, So even if it wasn't what I wanted it to be, it still happened. So, you know, that's true of everything. 
I, let me say on the Nana Rose tip, I think she might have summoned herself there. She was really <laughs> feeling it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's a lot of evidence to say that any of that was abnormal for Nana Rose on a regular <laughs> Tuesday afternoon. Right. She just uh, That's her Tuesday. comes in for lunch and starts barfing water and chatting like this. She's Probably. like a drinking fountain. She's the Rivervale drinking fountain. <laughs> oh, my God. Gross. On, um, the, yeah. on the shoddy front, I will say it's not necessarily romantic progression, but the fact that we did get Cheryl hoping Tony, the last episode, Tony going to Cheryl for help this episode, you know, Tony's dead, so it might make yeah. it difficult. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Tony. Going forward. Fair. Yeah, I mean, fair. that was such a moving moment, and it was like so creepy to see her like fully ghosted up like that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really well done, and the whole like sinking back into the water. Oof. Well, let's get to that in a second. But on the on the Shoney thing, um, I do think we talked a lot about how Tony needs to be the stable center of that relationship. And Cheryl needs to move back from where she was in earlier seasons to be ready to be in a relationship with Tony. And instead of that happening, the entire gravity of this show has shifted to Cheryl (laughs) and Tony's like, well, it makes more sense for me to be a swamp ghost than than anything. Yeah. So I, I think, but that's she's what moving we got. closer. You know, when you know you make the choice to be a swamp ghost, that's closer mm-hmm. to Cheryl's world. You know what I mean? So she is making steps towards Cheryl in that way. Well, also she makes the choice at the end of the episode where she sacrifices herself and she gives up baby Anthony to Betty, who has lost her baby. Yeah, she was like, "Hey, sorry, uh, here." Lose baby, take a baby. It's the old well, penny so, thing. So, <laughs> yeah. what do you uh, what do you think about that? Particularly that babe, Betty is now going to be baby Anthony's mom, potentially raising him. Um, I think that's. I was surprised by it. I thought it was a, a nice way to button up all the plot lines in this episode. I was surprised because it felt like so much of this story of Rivervale was built around Archie dying and then this new Archie being raised to then make a sacrifice. And the fact that that's just not what's happening, it seems now, unless baby Anthony is going to sort of become a new Archie or something. Um, I, I was surprised by that twist for what's going forward. But Rivervale is surprising. Yeah, I also thought for sure when you have a pregnant Betty, you're going to have some sort of devil child birth demon spawn type thing going on. It feels like a no brainer. But hey, there's still time. Lots of stuff could happen in Rivervale. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Those are the three big plot lines. Other moments that you want to call out from the episode, if anything. Well, it was uh, kind of nice at the end where, you know, um, he was just like, okay, well, up next is the river sticks. Get ready for devil. Because isn't the next episode the uh, the devil oh, one? yeah. I think he was just saying it was a very awkwardly worded line, to be honest. But him being like the Sweetwater, or if you prefer, the river sticks. Just... The the way Jughead is at the beginning end of these episodes, I'm like, whoa, this guy's out of control. The way he's talking, he's just like, hey, idiots, did you like that? <laughs> I'm just like, yo, chill out. He's I'm big like your show, Jughead. Calm down. Who yeah, is big like drive time DJ energy, telling him a horrifying story. Well, he's kind of he's not actually doing Rod Serling, right? He's doing yeah, a little no, more he's doing a little bit. Yeah, Crypt Keeper. Yeah, it's more like drunk or crib keeper, but yeah, yeah. Well, I think not. I also find I find it strange what the way he's dressed in those moments as well. He's dressed in like he had like a wallet chain. I was like, mm-hmm. 
Dress up or dress down, but you're in this weird yeah, middle. Make class. some choices. What make do you think, too. though? I mean, we could get into some speculation here then. What do you think is going on? Because it essentially feels like there's two Jugheads, right? There's the Jughead who is yes, actually in the, in the show, and then there's yeah. the Jughead who is doing things in the show, like he's working in Pops in the opening scene, but he's also narrating at the same time. So well, what's your speculation here? My speculation there is what if the Jughead narrator is working off the theory that this is Archie's coma situation? Which uh, I'll, I'll just like interrupt for a second. Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa, I think it was a variety interview, but I could be wrong. They asked him straight up, is this Archie's coma dream? And he said, no, it is not Archie's coma dream. Could yeah. still be Betty's. Yeah, it could be Betty's, but I feel like we're moving away from that idea, and it's a little too obvious, I think, maybe for Riverdale to do. So probably not that, but Jughead, whatever is happening, it feels like maybe Jughead is there. If it's if it's Betty in a coma, Jughead is there, like, talking to her, telling the story, and that's why he's taken on that role, potentially. Or Jughead is – because I will say, walking out of this episode, I'm like, is this whole thing going to be just then a spell from Sabrina fixes it? And the consequences stand for what's happened here somehow or it, things get put back in the box. I'm wondering bit. if next episode is going to be Sabrina because we're talking it's devil stuff, right? And she's in limbo. No, she's the so the next episode is the devil comes to town and it seems right. like it's not Lucifer from Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. The fourth episode, Sabrina? the fourth episode is the one where Sabrina comes to town. Oh, man, that's a long time to go. All right. Two weeks. You'll be right. <laughs> we can handle it. We've got Thanksgiving in there. We'll okay, get some good, time. Good, yeah, good, good, good. Um, some other stuff in the episode. The scene we didn't talk about with Tabitha and the real estate woman, I was like, Oof, that lady goes hard when it comes to telling stories. That was fun. Jughead has a Neil Gaiman reference. In this yeah. Scene, which I was, um, I'm here for that. Um, what did you feel? I feel like Betty is put in the role of playing Mulder and Scully mm-hmm. in sort of the X-Files show that she's tiny little bit doing throughout this episode there one of my favorite moments of the episode is early on after juniper gets attacked by the ghost and cheryl saves her in the tub cheryl goes into the student lounge and talks to betty and is like can alice take the kids an evil water nymph is trying to drown (laughs) drown them and betty's reaction is uh which very funny yeah well a couple things on that. Why are they letting Cheryl babysit those kids? <laughs> yeah. Well, why is Cheryl in charge of a team of redheads? Like, this, this doesn't is, make that's any sense. Why. She is the chief redhead and now is the only redhead in the town after the death of both Jason Blossom and Archie Andrews. Yeah. She needs to take control of them because, as we know, in Rivervale, in Riverdale, and in real life, redheads are out of control. That's uh, I really wanted true. when when... Tony was like, hey, ghost, that's my baby. Stop. I wanted the ghost to turn and look and be like, yeah, I know. And just like keep walking because like. Mm -hmm. Oh, you wanted a sarcastic, like funny. Well, the ghost knows whose baby it is. Like, what the heck? Like, why do you You think that ghost is going to stop and talk to you? You should watch Ghosts, the new comedy on CBS. It's a big hit. I just want to go on record for saying I think it's Jughead in a coma because that's why he's hosting it. And maybe Mm -hmm. like he was just laying down for a nap in Reggie's garage when Reggie turned on the car and like closed the garage door. That makes sense. Mm. Uh, I don't know how that uh, narratively works. Um, I I thought Tony using her guidance counselor powers at the top of the show 
And then at the end of the show, she guidance counselors La Llorona into taking her job. <laughs> yes. Which I thought was a, a Wait, is funny... La Llorona going to be the guidance counselor at school now? Is that what's going to happen? I mean, that yeah, makes sense. Probably. Would I did, like by the way, I water? liked the water effect <laughs> when the ghost went through Tony. I thought that was very oh, well done, too. Very cool. Ooh. Nice. Uh, it's, oh, it's wet money coming back. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Check it out. My man, wet Dollar money. at your store, baby. <laughs> Oh my god! Um, I agree. I the water effect was cool. The, these episodes are the the direction of these episodes has gotten better and better. And I feel like everyone on the show seems to be having a blast making the, these Rivervale episodes. Yeah, the sets, the it's really um, stylistically and everything like that is a ton of fun. Well, and it reminds me of our conversation with the production designer we had um, over the summer, which is a great episode if you want of our podcast. That is, um, if you want to re-listen to that, because you can just feel the love being uh, tendered on all of the these mm-hmm. scenes from the production design. Another thing, just to touch on, and this is a broader topic, but it is very interesting. This episode that we finally get on the show, legit. 100% no questions about it supernatural stuff happening. Even last yeah. episode with the Maple Festival, I, I don't know about you guys, but when you see those wicker bad things or Midsummer, there's always something where it's like, maybe these people are crazy. They probably are. Yeah. This probably is not going to work. They think it's going to work, but it's probably not. And that's not what happens here. In fact, Archie's sacrifice does work, as we find out in this episode, and also multiple characters see ghosts in the quote-unquote flesh, so uh, to yeah. the point where they well, have conversations like, well, I guess uh, ghosts exist now, so well, that's cool. Cheryl has, like, powers with wind and control things. Like, it's But even like a- that stuff, it, I feel like it walked a line where you could be yeah. like, okay, maybe there's just a big wind picking up. Maybe on, it's dude, not There Cheryl. was floating babies over uh, bonfires. Like, it's, never gonna the let show that go. has always been supernatural. It was a hallucination. Betty you don't was, know that. Yeah. Pete, you're the only one out here who hasn't had kids. So, like, you should know that that's not supernatural. That's regular natural. Wow. Um, But let me say, I think it's amazing how seamlessly and naturally it fits that this show went from real world to bonkers uh, sci-fi horror world without any sort of, like, uh, worry. Like, I'm not stressed at all about it. It moved seamlessly into this. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. One other thing I, that I want to mention. a little bit of a hiccup. A, a slight one for yeah. you, Pete. Yeah. Uh, I did want to give a shout out to me and Justin, who are <laughs> incredible detectives. So yes. Yes. before the episode aired, there was the, in the promo, you got to see the scene of Jughead sitting on the couch reading a comic book, and there were two very quick shots there. One of one-page interior of the comic book, and one, you could see the cover, but you couldn't read the title. Um, I was writing an article for work, and I was just trying to get that detail right, particularly to see if there was some sort of, like, it was some sort of multiverse comic, like it was Crisis on Infinite Earths or something like that that would certainly tee up, okay, that's what's going on here. Or so, Afterlife with Archie or something like exactly. that. Exactly. So I dropped it, those two frames in our Patreon Slack, patreon.com slash comic book club, check it out. And nice. asked if any of the geniuses on the Slack could figure out what it was. 
And you immediately, you looked at the first page and you, what was the character you called out, Justin? Um, the Comet, which is a, an Archie Comics superhero line um, character uh, from back in the So day. when you said that, that made me think, okay, wait, maybe it's a Mighty Crusaders comic, which is kind of the Archie Comics version of the Justice League. So I very quickly looked for covers of the Mighty Crusaders, found one that was all white. It was all new Mighty Crusaders, number 12 from 1983, and then both you and I found in your pages and we're like, yep, that's the issue. Figure the whole thing out in under 10 minutes. So, Pete, are you impressed? <laughs> I, oh, I dropped Pete, everything. Do you I feel was like doing. me and Justin are the new bughead? Wow. <laughs> Who, whomst was the MVP whomst. in this episode, Pete? Who was the MVP here? Whomst. Um, I'm going to give it to Tony. I mean, you know, she made the ultimate sacrifice. Uh, she did look like a baller ghost before she went into the murk. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I appreciate, uh, what she's going through and uh, how she's trying to hold it down and coming at ghost with the ask, you know, just straight being like, I'll cut you in half ghost. Like, uh, you know, I'm here for it. It's fun. Nice. Justin, what about you? Do you have a MVP for the episode? I got to give it up to Tabitha. Great episode for the Jughead uh, Tabitha relationship. I thought the way it landed at the end of their story was really cool, and um, I think that's the um, the strongest relationship in Rivervale and perhaps Riverdale. Mm. Don't and it's not going to bleed over. So this is its own separate world. So enjoy. If it we now. know nothing, as soon it will as probably this is bleed over, somewhere. It's going to bleed somewhere. We can get back to some real relationships after this. For MVP, I think I am... This is tough. You you guys already took the good ones. I'm going to give it up for La Corona in this episode. <laughs> very scary ghost. Stop. And very easy to say her name. Honestly, I got to say. I think that's one of the greatest things. Um, the, wait, I have one more question before we wrap up here. Given we killed Archie in the first episode, we basically killed Tony in the second episode... Who Who's is going next? to die in the third episode? Got to be Jughead, right? You think Jughead? That's your call, Pete? I hope it's not Kevin. What about you, Justin? What's your call? I think it's it's a tough call. Because if you get rid of Jughead, then the, Who's the, coupling, the, the, the coupling feels off. Uh, yes, I think that's true. Um, and then there's no... I feel like it's going to be um, Reggie. Ooh. I think that's a good call. The ones I'm very torn because we know that they're going to be featured in the next episode. There's the whole devil thing going on. I think Reggie is a good guess. If they want to go big, take out Veronica in the next episode. Uh, But the other one that I think could potentially go is Fangs because it looks like we are going to see a reigniting of the Fangs and Kevin relationship with Tony gone in the next episode. So I don't know. I'm still sort of sticking by my Kevin is behind this somehow theory. We'll see. But so I, I think he's safe. But one of those three in my mind is on the chopping block, potentially. The idea of Kevin at the end being like, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. It's very funny to me. Uh, me too. I, I don't know how it works, but the V is we'll for Kevin. Happens. Yeah. If you would like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast at YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Riverdale. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Riverdale Dark on Twitter, at Riverdale After on Instagram, Riverdale After Dark on Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you 
after dark. Wet money. Wet Ow. money. I got wet money. <laughs> Stop. Don't do, do paper don't, cuts. I got don't. wet money. No. 